0: Welcome back to the Innate podcast series, Connect the Dots, where we unpack some of the most interesting topics relevant to the advisor's business. My name is Georgina Smith, and while I'm the host of the series, my day job is head of distribution and client services at the Innate investment platform. Today, I have none other than the executive of Innate, Mickey Gambali, sitting in the studio with me. Nice to have you here, Mickey.
1: Hi, George. Nice to be here. <laughs>
0: He's also my boss. Um, (laughs) So today we're going to look at the impact of replatforming. What role does a new generation platform play in the advisor space? So to kick off, let's look at what replatforming is. And technically it's defined as, are you ready for this? A cloud migration strategy that involves modifying a legacy system to work optimally in the cloud without rewriting its core architecture. What do you think that means, Mickey?
1: Sure. That's (laughs) a lot of of big words, I think, uh, when we hear it for the first time, George. You know, if I can try and simplify a little bit, replatforming is a, is a very important thing. And, and think of this sort of in your mind's eye. You've got a business and it's got a backbone. You know, there's there's an operating system in the back end, a core engine system that runs this platform or this business that you, you're using or working with. And essentially what replatforming is, is replacing that backbone. So, so taking it out and putting a new one in. And that's not an easy task. I can absolutely tell you that's not an easy task. And anybody who says it is an easy task, please give me their telephone number uh, because it'll make my day job much, much easier.
0: And when you think back to six years ago when you and I first joined Innate, you know, what was it like in those first early days when you're sort of talking about replatforming and going through that journey? You know, what are the sort of steps you need to go through? But perhaps when we get to there, before we get to there, explain to me why you might need to do it.
1: So quite simply, if you think of investment platforms in South Africa and in the investment market, we've been quite lucky um, and quite unique in, in, in the sense that South Africa's got a very well-developed platform industry. And when I say well-developed, there's a lot of players in the industry with a lot of functionality, with a lot of capability. But one of the things South Africa doesn't have is technology behind their platforms, and that's a very, very important thing. A lot of the platforms in South Africa today are run quite manually. There's a lot of you know duct tape in the background, wires holding things together, and so while they work well and you can get a really good experience, they don't work great. And you're not going to get a great experience, especially going into the future, when you think about how technology is changing industries all around us. And you compare your experience in one industry with that in another. And so you've got to replatform, You've got to reshape your business to be able to cope with that demand. And you've got to replace that backbone.
0: And give me some of the examples of how things are held together with sticky tape.
1: Well, you know, let's just look at manpower. I think that's a very easy one. Um, you look at, at, at some of the investment platform players today and you look at their staff complement. Man, it's huge. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that staff complement and that people can't do work, but every time there's a human being involved, it's not an algorithm, it's a person. People make mistakes, so there's an opportunity for something to go wrong. There's an opportunity for something to be slowed down. When you use technology, you can really think about how you can make it much better, much simpler, much faster, and, and really get that speed of execution in your
0: business. And a much more predictable outcome as well.
1: So, so let me make the people element real. Let's, let's put it into some real practical examples. So let's take paper-based forms as an example. You've got to fill in these paper-based forms. You've got to send them through to a call center. Somebody's got to capture them in a system. They're probably going to spell the name incorrectly. They're going to put the incorrect address. And so, I mean, you know better than me. You're in the market speaking to advisors. It just becomes a nightmare. Uh, If you use technology, all of that disappears. You're much faster. You can enter information yourself. You can use things like digital signatures to speed up processes, to get speed of execution. So, where a living annuity on an old-style investment platform used to take days, it now literally takes minutes.
0: You know, I remember when we were first looking at building innate and we had to look at some of this data, some of this data that had been captured by human beings, and there were 64 different spellings of South Africa. I mean, how is that possible? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know how it's possible, but but probably what I can tell you, there were 64 different people sitting in the background trying to get that to work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, so, so let's just take you back to when, to, to when we first started looking at replatforming. What do you need to... Uh, What are the phases you need to go through when you're looking to really develop new technology that's advisor inspired for the market? So so the first thing that
1: we looked at, uh, George, was to find technology that we felt was future fit. If this technology is not going to be future fit, you're going to find yourself in the same situation again. And so we really looked to partner with a partner that we knew could stand the test of time. And that's that's critically important. You know, we're investing people's money for the long term. And so you've got to be here for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so we looked for a technology and an architecture around that technology that would enable it, that we could plug and play as client demands changed as our demands changed as a business and really make sure it was future fit that's one of the first thing we did the second thing we did was now that we know and we found this really good technology we've got to start building it and boy let me tell you that's not an easy task you know south africa has very unique nuances and i love the way people often compare us to the rest of the world the rest of the continent i like to say to them you know that's great and there's some good things that we can learn from from our global friends but local is local, and we have our own unique uh, nuances. And so, you've really got to customize that capability and that technology for the local market. And we spent a lot of time doing that because we knew that the South African financial advisor was unique, had unique needs, and we wanted to meet those unique needs, not put him in a box like everybody else. And so, a lot of our time and effort went to that. You know. I think the next thing sort of and the next big learning off that was great, you've got this system, you've got this great idea, you know how to customize it, but where do you find the people to do it? And that was a big learning and, and you know, Mike has often spoken in some of the videos and if you've watched some of those the innate videos from back in the day about the fact that we hired different smart people. That's what we did. We went and hired different smart people. So we got the right tech, we really made sure it was customized for our market here in South Africa, and we got the right smart people to build it. And that's what we've been doing over this last while.
0: Yeah, and I think back to you know those those points you raise and, and that first one about getting the right people and why it needs to be future fit. You think of some of the regulation that's coming through and being able to adapt really quickly to that regulation. I'm thinking t day, two pots. You know, all of that, we've been able to develop it within sort of 12 to 14 weeks. Whereas on an old school platform, that old technology, that can take six, nine months and you can actually become non-compliant if you can't react quickly to what the regulator you, wants. You know, George, it takes
1: six to nine months in the old technology and while you're sitting doing that, you're not focusing. So- what's important, which is financial advisor needs and client needs. You're sitting building regulation to make sure you're compliant when what you could be doing in our space, as you said, takes much quicker, spending that additional free time and effort that you've now got to enhance your proposition and really make sure you meet those needs for financial advisors.
0: So, Mickey, you mentioned about regionalization and getting it ready for the South African market. That implies that it's happened elsewhere in the world. What, what has happened in that re-platforming space elsewhere?
1: So, I'm glad you asked, George, it because it absolutely has happened elsewhere in the world. It, it started in Australia way back when, made its way to the UK, and, and we're seeing it now sort of appear on our South African shores, and we're seeing some of our competitors start to think about replatforming. And some of the, the real big lessons, I think, that can be learned out of it is these things often take much longer than what you think, and that's very important as a financial advisor. You know, a businesses are going to tell you this is not going to impact your life. It is going to impact your life. And it's probably going to impact your life twice as long as what they say it's going to. So that's a very, very big learning. Another big learning is replatforming costs a lot of money. These are expensive things to do. Technology doesn't come cheap. And so you want to be partnering with a partner when they're replatforming or if they're about to replatforming. That's got some really deep pockets because that's important. You don't want to replatform and halfway through the replatforming, you realize you've run out of money. Now what? Now what for you? Now what for your clients? That's a problem. And so you really want to make sure you partner with someone that's got some real muscle and scale behind them. You know, I try and think of some examples of of where that sort of came true and and where the the muscle and scale was important and the time factor came in. And I think of the likes of Quilter in the UK. You know, numbers that were bantered about when we started our platform journey six years ago was these guys are going to be spending 500 million sterling on a platform. Now, jeez, those numbers make my eyes water as a South African in Rands. And they thought it was going to be done over quite quickly. They actually ended up putting the plug on that piece of work that piece of technology and started over from scratch uh, with another partner and another provider. So it just, I think, goes back to that important point about who your technology provider is and, and have you chosen the right one. But, but anyway, they, they replatformed. They, they ultimately did get it right and the market has enjoyed and they did a great migration and, and has enjoyed the, the, the product and the capability that they've created. But it took them a good five to seven years to do that. And that's a that's a long time.
0: Yeah, and, and let's think about what happens to the legacy platform in the meantime you know what what tends to happen within that within that realm and and why is that important for the advisor?
1: So what I'd look out for and I mean let's be honest we all work for a large corporation a large business and we know how how board members and shareholders think the moment they see something new they don't want to spend on something old and so when that starts to happen you start to see the old system start to creak start to bust at the seams things start to go wrong why because nobody wants to spend money on something you're going to toss out the door they want to spend money on the new thing. And so that's very, very important. And, you know, we we took a bit of a different approach. Maybe I'll take a quick punch of it. We took a bit of a different approach and we decided not to re-platform, but to rather build a new platform. Um, I don't think anyone else has that opportunity in South Africa to do that. They're all going to have to re-platform.
0: So when I listen to you, Mickey, I'm kind of hearing that it can take quite a long time, that during that time, there's very little investment in the legacy platform, whatever that might be. And actually you know, what we're also trying to overcome is, is making sure people are excited along the journey to stay bought in, whether that's staff, whether that's customers, advisors and clients. Um, why is this all so important for the advisor? What, what's in it for them? Why should they care that someone's replatforming?
1: So that's a great question, George, and I'm going to try and get you to visualize something if you can. So work with me. Think of a graph and think of, of the y-axis and the x- x-axis. And on the y-axis, we've got uh, relationships going up on the y-axis, and on the x-axis, we've got technology. Now, if you are to put those two together and you try and map financial advisors on, on that graph, you're probably gonna get something like this. at, at sort of at the, the lower end of relationships and the lower end uh, uh, um, of technology, you're gonna find the old school advisor. You know, relationships weren't great, probably sold a lot of product, didn't really give advice. Um, and so, it's, it's really sitting on that, that bottom left-hand side of, of that graph. Then you sort of move one step over, which is along the technology line. And and then you've probably got robo-advice. You've got robo, it's great technology, um, it works, but there's no relationship there. And so, you know, robo doesn't really have great longevity. Then you think about uh, sort of the X, sorry, the the Y-axis, and you go up the Y-axis where relationship is, and you've got financial advisors that are really good at advice, got really good relationships, but they don't use technology. So how do they scale it? How do they grow their businesses? How do they, they get better PE valuations out of their businesses? Um, and so they need to start using technology. And then you've got what we, what we call, or think of as the, the wealth manager of the future, which has got the relationships and has got access to that technology and uses them both. And that's at the, the sort of the, the top right quadrant of the graph. And that's really where you want to play. And that's what platforms are going to do and help you with um, if you start using a new platform, new technology. And so what's in it for the financial advisor? A better business, a more robust business, a business with a better valuation, a business that you can sell, um, and a technology that's much faster, technology that delivers better to financial advisors' needs, better to clients' needs. I spoke about the fact that it took a few days to get a form done uh, for a living annuity, the fact that it now takes minutes to do a living annuity. That's what's in it for you guys. That real, real ethical face in my business, making life easier and faster.
0: And then when you think about that tech stack in an advisor's practice, you know, what are the opportunities in terms of how it talks to each other? You know, that's often something that advisors level at us. Okay, so you're one part of my system. how, How does it all interface with each other? How do I get as much bang for buck as I can out of that tech stack?
1: So, so, guys that build really good platforms, and, and we've got about fourteen systems running in the background in our platform, build really good integration into the advisor's office, build really good reporting capability into his office, and, and by reporting I mean dynamic reporting, not just taking an Excel spreadsheet and making it look fancy, but giving somebody data that means something, that you can do something with it, um, and so really becoming the advisor's, you know, backbone of his office, um, and being empowering him to really run his business better Um, using the 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 tools the technology to deliver more information in a more consumable way that's what your platform provider needs to do
0: so mickey we've talked about how replatforming is coming thick and fast to south africa it's been happening elsewhere globally and now it's here and we've talked about the intricacies and the um the the uniqueness of the south african market who should we be looking out for in terms of replatforming? And what are the key things that advisors should care about in terms of what those platforms are going to end up like?
1: Cool. So, so George, we know for a fact that Momentum is replatforming. They've openly said that and um, replatforming their Momentum wealth business. Um, and they've chosen a specific partner to do that. And we also know the likes of Glacier uh, were about to or, or want to replatform. I've heard a lot of uh, uh, sort of uh, talking the market about them replatforming. So there's two very large players that that need to and want to re Another very interesting uh, um, business for me around perhaps replatforming is 91. So we know 91 used to have a stake in Silica and we know Silica has been bought by FNZ, which is a large uh, software provider in this platform space. So while I haven't heard anything yet, I'm pretty sure there must be something on the cards given that close relationship that they historically had. So those are the three, go- those are the three guys that I'd watch.
0: So what, what actually I'm interested in as well is is, is what are the different uh, attributes that each of those uh, technology players have?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so there are a number of different replatforming models. So you can do replatforming in the sense of software as a service. So what is software as a service? It's a very fancy word meaning somebody provides you with a piece of software that you then shape your business around. And so it's just a service that they give you, but you really put all the bells and whistles and frills around that. And that's the the approach we've taken. And why have we done that? Because we can customize that software as a service to specifically meet the needs of South African financial advisors. There's a couple of other players out there which offer you a full end to end third party administration capability. So they take something off a shelf, you know, it's, 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 it's black, it's blue, it's red, it's white, that's it. It's those four colors, you take it or leave it, um, and, they've, and they've brought that capability to the market. So, you know, look out for which uh, piece of technology your provider is going to be re-platforming to. Ask them the question, because if something's off the shelf and, you know, there's the good old saying, if, if one size fits all, it fits no one properly. And so I'd watch out for that.
0: And you talk about uh, this, you know, just a, a certain set of colors. That feels quite rigid. And what do you mean when you mean end-to-end? Are you talking like the whole operations and client services? And, you know, what, what does that actually, what's that actually going to feel like for an advisor? Yeah.
1: Literally end, end-to-end, George. So, so, so literally the advisor uh, uh, executing on a system that uh, really has just been white-labeled, to be honest, in the front. And the, the operations, the service, the recons, all of that stuff being done by the provider themselves. So it's, it's a very commoditized, off-the-shelf capability, um, and it really is end-to-end. And so in terms of how does that feel for an advisor, well, it's going to feel like you've been told that this is it and you can't customize it and just take it or leave it. You know, I love my car analogies. Can you imagine going into a car dealership and being told, well, you can't choose the color, you can't choose the leather, you can't choose the radio, you can't choose the wheels, well, why on earth are you selling me this thing?
0: And then what's the difference between platform A and platform B that use the same provider in the background from it, in that scenario? What, what does that feel like from a client service perspective? It's going to feel
1: like we're all riding white to Yota to Corona cars. <laughs> That's what it's going to feel like, George. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I say that a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but, but it really is going to feel like that. It's going to feel like the same thing for everybody with, with, with no differentiation. Um, and, and why would you want to use a provider like that?
0: And, and that's one of the main reasons, would you say, that we went with a much more flexible provider where we can take advisor feedback, be advisor inspired and actually build things that the advisor wants as we come across the need in the market.
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, like I said, that was the most, the most important or one of the most important things when we looked at replatforming. What is the technology? How are you going to South Africanize it? And, and what are the people? And so that how you South Africanize it was a, it was a non-negotiable for, for me and for us as, as an organization. We had to, had to, had to have that capability. And George, you know, the other thing we did was we really wanted to put the advisor at the center of of how we build this thing and what we do, and we we actually brought them into the room. We had these innate connect sessions where we sat with guys, we listened to them, heard what they had to say, and and that's how we've been able to differentiate this. That's how we've been able to take what most people want, that white Toyota Corolla, and really make a decent car out of it, one one that meets a, a customer needs.
0: So, Mickey, you've spoken quite a lot about uh, consolidation in the market. Perhaps you can give me some of your views around that.
1: Uh, yeah, consolidation and, and scale and size of platforms in the South African market. So that's a that's a very interesting one for me. You know, let's be honest. South Africa is not growing. Um, it hasn't been growing for some time. And it's a tough environment out there. And so these businesses, I spoke about their costs. And I mentioned, you know, 500 million sterling and how it made my eyes water when I saw what some of the guys were spending in the UK. But the fact of the matter is the South African market is not large enough for the number of participants that we find in this industry. And so there's going to have to be consolidation. Um, There's going to have to be scale players coming through. And and I think South Africa probably has room for for two, maybe three true large platform providers, and that the rest are uh, are not going to be able to survive. They're not going to be able to have the scale to earn the revenue to invest in the technology to truly meet client needs. And we're very uniquely positioned by being part of a, a large financial services organisation like the Standard Bank Group. And, you know, many people say, oh, Standard Bank Group, is that what's going to constrict you? Is that what's going to choke you? No, we're, we're, we're a very independent business, but we have this parent. And that's fantastic. You know, we, we've got access to capital. We've got access to teams with knowledge, access uh, 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 to the ability to really grow what we have in, in unite, but grow it in our unique way. Um, and that's a game changer for me.
0: So if you were to... Uh, be an advisor in the market now and you were looking for a platform what are the things you would be looking out for as an advisor?
1: So if I was starting afresh or I'm looking for a new provider to, to use are you about to replatform aren't you replatforming and why? So that's the first question i would ask. The second question i ask is okay let's assume you're not replatforming what are you going to do to make my life better or if you are replatforming who are you replatforming with? You know, are they replatforming with those white Toyota Corolla providers or are they using someone that brings some true flexibility uh, uh, and, and capability to the practice? And then secondly, show me how you're going to solve my problems. What are you doing for me versus what you're doing for you? Because often with large organizations, it's about what they do for themselves, not what they do for the consumer or the financial advisor.
0: Mickey Gambali, thank you very much for joining me today. I think it's been a really uh, insightful conversation and I think it's brought a lot of worth to our listeners today. So once again, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. Make sure you don't miss our next episode by subscribing to this podcast from wherever you might be listening. Until next time. Innate is a registered trademark of Stanlib Wealth Management, Pty Ltd an authorized financial services provider.